Hello and welcome back to Off the Net. I'm your host, BJ Picard. Thanks for hitting the download button. And a big thank you to those of you who tuned in to last week's show as well. Episode 10 starring Las Vegas Outlaws quarterback J.J. Raderink has been a huge hit on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And I take absolutely no credit for that whatsoever. It's all J.J. He's a class act and obviously a very good interview. So if you did miss last week's episode, I highly recommend that you go back and give it a listen. I promise if you're an arena football fan, it'll be well worth 30 minutes of your time. And I'd like to think today's show will be too, because we've got another excellent guest and another quarterback who's made headlines out west this offseason and will actually open the year against J.J. Raderink and the Outlaws at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, perhaps in front of a national television audience. That was quite the run-on sentence. I apologize for that, but I'm really excited to have this guy on our show. A former FCS All-American and Walter Payton Award winner at Eastern Washington University, he was voted in at number 12 on the list of the 50 greatest male athletes in Big Sky Conference history. Not only has he spent time in the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals, Seattle Seahawks, and Oakland Raiders, but he was also selected in three Major League Baseball drafts before joining the Arena Football League. He was named AFL MVP in his first full season as a starting quarterback with the Spokane Shock in 2013, and now he's taken his talents to Silicon Valley this year with the San Jose Sabercats. Number 11 on the top 50 AFL players of 2014 countdown, San Jose Sabercats quarterback E-Money, Eric Meyer. Eric, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. There's been a lot of movement this offseason with players joining new teams, and without a doubt, one of, if not the biggest move in free agency this year, was you leaving Spokane for San Jose. What was it about the Sabercats that made you decide that they were the best fit for you? Um, it just, uh, you know, just talking with the coaches, and I just, you know, at uh, this point in my career, uh, uh, you know, moving, moving back towards home, being closer to family and friends, and uh, that was a big part of it too. But just, uh, just talking with the coaches and uh, just um, hearing how excited they were, and just uh, you know the direction they're headed, and just the, the things they want to accomplish. It was just, uh, it was very, uh, it's just very good to hear, and then you know, just uh, it'll be able, uh, another chance for me to, to learn and uh, you know to get better as a quarterback. It came as a real surprise to a lot of people that you would leave Spokane, and I think that's because you've had so much success in that geographic area with the Shock and and in college at Eastern Washington, but I don't think people necessarily realize that you're originally from California, so this is kind of a homecoming for you. Yeah, uh, born and raised in the Los Angeles area, and you know my family's been um, been a big support system for me uh, throughout college and high school, and uh, my parents never missed a game when I was in college, so it was... uh, it was very intriguing for me to move back, uh, move back towards this way, and uh, you know, being able to see uh, a lot of family and friends uh, at a, a lot of uh, a lot of our uh, a lot of our home games. I've heard that you're a hardcore Monopoly player. Do you have some fellow board gamers lined up for road trips this year? <laughs> yeah, not yet, not yet. But uh, yeah, we, uh, me and uh, Coach Cruz and um, Ryan Rickman, who used to be the, the GM for the Spokane Shock on uh, on road trips, we'd. Uh, we get into some, uh, some heavy battles at uh, Monopoly, uh, and uh, fortunately enough, I was uh, I was winning most of those times, and uh, it, was, it was a good time, though. Let's talk about your time at Eastern for a minute. Now, the field is named for one of your former offensive linemen, but you had a pretty solid career there as well. I mean, two conference championships, All-American, a couple of 1AA passing records, and the 2005 Walter Payton Award. When you think back about your time at Eastern Washington, what sticks out to you most? Um... A lot, of, a lot of the guys, a lot of the teammates, uh, we were, uh, my, my junior and senior year, we were, uh, we were a very close group, and, you know, I think that was a part of, uh, 
the success we had there, and, and a lot of part of uh, part of, uh, of my success as well. Uh, you know, that coaching staff was, was amazing, and, and you know the guys they uh, you know the guys they built around uh, around that school as far as the football team, the guys they brought in. We were just uh, it was just a good fit for a lot of people, and uh, you know, fortunately enough, I was uh, you know I was able to do some good things there, and uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to you know those those, uh, those two teams we had, and and, uh, and to the coaching staff. You didn't get a chance to play on it, but how do you feel about the red turf? It was different. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get used to at first, but, um, you know, when you're out there, it's, uh, it is pretty cool. and it, 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 it does take a while to get used to as far as, uh, you know, adjusting with your eyes. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a, I thought it was a good, uh, good move by Eastern Washington. And, you know, it's just a big uh, big publicity and good recruiting tool. And, you know, it kind of helped put Eastern Washington on the map as well. And it's... Uh, you know, it's fun to go back and to kind of kind of have something that's different than uh, anywhere else in the country. And uh, you know, being from being an Eastern alumni, it's, uh, it's a thing that we can be proud of. So, after your college career came to a close, what was your outlook like for the next level? I mean, did you have workouts with NFL teams before the draft? Were you anticipating hearing your name called, or did you expect to be more of a priority free agent after the draft? I uh, I was told that it was a, a fourth, fifth round uh, uh, draft pick coming out in 2006. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I signed a free agent with uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, didn't stick there. Uh, went and played in the, in the NFL Europe in 2007. The last year they had it out there. Uh, came back, signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, didn't stick there. Came out in 2008 of the spring, and I signed with the Oakland Raiders. And you know, unfortunately. Uh, you know, none of those uh, those teams worked out, but um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of that, you know, for anything. And I'm I'm happy where I'm at now, and you know, the people I've met along the way, it's been uh, it's, it's been uh, it's been an amazing journey. So, what was it like to play overseas in NFL Europe? It was it was it was awesome. I mean, you're playing out there. The fans were awesome. We uh, we get some big crowds, and uh, they're you know they're they're big soccer fans out there, so. They're allowed to bring drums and whistles, anything, anything they want to bring in, uh, in the stadium they could, just to be as loud as they could. And it was fun being out there, meeting new people, and uh, just seeing a different different side of the world and just a different culture. And uh, you know, being able to play football and have to experience all that was um, was pretty incredible. Yeah, Derek Ross was one of your running backs with the Colton Centurions, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he ended up being the co-offensive player of the year. I think. Um, out there, but yeah, he was uh, he was a tough running back, uh, you know, good teammate, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he he broke a lot of tackles. He, he did some uh, some special some special things out there. So even though you didn't get picked in the NFL draft, you were drafted three times by Major League Baseball teams: once by the Cincinnati Reds in 2001, and then twice by the San Francisco Giants in 2004 and 2005. Now you throw a 96 mile an hour fastball. What made you stick with football over baseball? Uh, there's something about football. It's uh, it's the best, it's the best team game there is, and, and uh, you know, baseball was a lot of fun. I, you know, I, started, I enjoyed it a lot. There was something about football that just keep bringing, kept, you know, bringing it back to it, and just uh, being able to, you know, off-season workouts um, during the season. You know, just all the all the hard work and dedication it takes from a lot of people as far as football was just something I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get away from. You made your AFL debut on a pretty good shock team in 2010, but unlike Nick Davila. Tommy Grady, a lot of other elite AFL quarterbacks, you weren't a starter right away. You spent a couple seasons as a backup. How much did that help your development as a quarterback? You know, it helped, it helped me out because uh, this game at, uh, at pretty much every position, it, it's a lot different than the outdoor game. It's very hard for 
you know, to come from an outdoor fundamentally, um, just the experience from the game in the outdoor to come to, come to this game is it, just so different. You have to, uh, you kind of have to like relearn, relearn certain things. But, um, you know, fortunately enough, I had a, a good coach, uh, my first two years in the arena football with, uh, with coach, uh, Matt Stock. You know, he taught me a lot of the game and, uh, you know, just different, different fundamentals as far as, uh, being an arena, arena quarterback. So in 2012, you finally get the chance to start, and in the first game of the year, you went down with a season-ending concussion. And it was a scary hit, and knowing what we know about concussions in today's sports world, that's a scary injury to have. Since it kept you out for the rest of the year, and, and given the sports climate with how we, we view and treat concussions, how much thought did you give to maybe calling in a career right then? Uh, it was just a, during, that, during that time, it was just kind of uh, it was a tough time for me as far as you know, everything that was going on as far as where, where I was at in my life and, you know, being hurt here and there, football, uh, you know, crossed my mind a little bit and, uh, you know, actually I thought I was going to be done in 2012, but um, uh, that, uh, later that year I, uh, I, I started coaching uh, at Eastern Washington with, uh, with Bull Baldwin out there who was my offense coordinator quarterback coach. And just being around, being around him and being around that staff and being around football again on the other side as far as coaching, it just kind of, Kind of brought everything back of why I why I played football, why I stuck with the game so much, and I think for those few of those years, I kind of just lost the, the fun of it, the fun of, uh, of football, and being able to see all the be able to coach, and I just kind of got that back, and you know, and I'm so glad, so glad that I did because I mean, playing football it's, it's just amazing, it's a lot of fun, and you know, I can't I can't picture myself doing anything else. So is it safe to say that coaching probably is the next step for you once you decide to hang it up? Uh, absolutely, yes. Uh, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been coaching since 2008, uh, in the off season, uh, uh, high school and, uh, and at the college level. And it's, it's just so fun. It's a, it's a different type of, a different type of feeling when you win. It's a different type of feeling as far as work and, uh, the preparation that goes into it. And, uh, it's, yeah, I just can't, I can't see myself doing anything other than, uh, other than football. Coaching probably keeps your football mind sharp by the time the AFL season rolls around too, right? Oh yeah, definitely keeps me um, keeps me mentally uh, you know mentally prepared throughout the year. Now you bounced back from the injury in 2013, conference championship appearance, league MVP. I'm guessing you knew you were capable of playing at that level, but coming into the year, did you expect to be that good? I knew we had I knew we had a good team uh, good team come back in 2013, and you know I I I kind of did I, I I knew the the type of player that I am. Um, the competitive, uh, competitive attitude that I have, I knew it was just different than years before. I kind of trained, I kind of trained different. It was more, I kind of trained to, to, to last the season or to, you know, to be healthy throughout the season. But, uh, in 2013, I trained, I trained to be the best player, the best player in the league. And I, I trained it to, to, you know, put myself in positions where we're going to go, you know, win a championship. And, you know, that all, that all came from, you know, from coaching with uh, the Eastern staff up there and just kind of kind of brought me back to, you know, what football is and how to, how to approach football and, and those kind of things. This past offseason, your peers voted you in at number 11 on the top 50 players of the 2014 list. Is that a fair spot based on last year? Uh, yeah, I, I give it a fair shot. You know, uh, you know obviously you don't want to, you always want to be, uh, be number one. But, um, you know, I missed, uh, missed some games last year, but... Uh, you know, you know. More importantly, uh, you know, wish we could have been, uh, could have been at the end. You know, holding that trophy up. That's, you know, that's kind of, 
that's kind of what's more important to me. So uh, obviously this year, you know, tra- training for that, you know, not so much, you know, where I land in the top 50, but, uh, you know, training, training to be the number one quarterback as far as, you know, holding that, uh, that arena cup. You're a very confident guy, and I think you have to be to sport some of the facial hair that you do during the season. I, I, I came up with uh, a few years ago, just just kind of reminded me, uh, you know, why I play this game, and you know, it, it is a job and it, it is a business, but at the end of the day, it's still a still a chance to play in the game, and uh, you know, and pays for it. So I, did, I guess this the facial hair thing was kind of a uh, kind of thing where I wake up, kind of where I'm not so serious and kind of just mess with my face a little bit. Just, uh, just remind myself that I'm out there playing a game and uh, doing something that I love. You got any crazy new designs in store for 2015? Uh, I don't know. Usually, just come up to me on uh, on game day. You know, I'll wake up and uh, kind of look at myself and uh, see what see what I can get uh, get going. All right. Well, as you are well aware, the Arizona Rattlers have been the class of the league for the last four seasons. Now, San Jose has put together a team that, at least on paper now, should be competing with Arizona for a championship. So, what's it going to take to knock the Rattlers off? You know, just you know, just we have to come together. You know, we got a lot of you know some new guys uh, coming to the San Jose favorite cap, and uh, you know we're just gonna have to you know find a way to you know get that team chemistry to, to gel early on, and uh, it kind of build off that. You know, uh, make sure uh, you know we're we're staying strong throughout the season, and uh, make sure we're hitting um, hitting all stride once uh, once the playoffs come around. May sixteenth, you make your return to Spokane. You looking forward to the response from Death Valley? Uh, absolutely, I am. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, get to play against some uh, some old some old friends. Get to see a lot of old faces up there. But um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get up there and, uh, and play and play against the shot. Crowd's probably going to give it to you. I'll, uh, I, I wouldn't expect anything less. So it should uh, it should be a good one. It should be a lot of fun, and you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm sure it will be a lot of fun. Well, Eric, that's all I got for you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on the show. And best of luck to you heading into the 2015 season. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, thank you for having me. All right, man, we'll catch up with you down the road. All right, sounds good. Well, there you have it, Eric Meyer. He's fun to watch. And I think if he would have played a full season last year, he's definitely in the top five of the AFL Top 50. Quite possibly the top two, in my opinion. I mean, he missed six games, and the Shock went 1-5 and five without him. There's a very small group of elite quarterbacks in the AFL, and, and I think he's certainly in that group. He's another really smart guy, 3.8 GPA in college, and he's got a very high football IQ. But the thing that I really like about him, just from a quarterbacking perspective, is not only can he make every throw, but he can adjust his arm and his throwing motion to fit the situation. I mean, he's, he's very resourceful on the field. He can extend plays with his legs and his athleticism, and most importantly, he doesn't make the bad mistake. I mean, if I had to compare him to an NFL guy, it'd be Aaron Rodgers. Great athlete, very cerebral a lot of personality, and he's a winner. He gets the job done. So, great to have him on the program, and I'm really looking forward to that May 16th game in Spokane. It's going to be loud. It's always such a, an awesome atmosphere out in Spokane, but that game in particular, I think the volume's going to be turned up a little bit. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Off the Net. Remember, if you like the show and you want to hear more, subscribe for free on iTunes or the SoundCloud app, and be sure to tune in next week for another star-studded episode of OTN. Until then, I'm BJ Picard. Thanks for listening.